available here at Danny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! Skip amongst the telephone lines Catch a frequency to pass the time Anything's better than New Jersey We do have high taxes. It is extremely overcrowded, but we got the devils, guys. That's right. That's the one thing we have. How's everybody doing today? Good, Very good. good. You got the clerks, awesome. clerks three song yeah. going. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I did. Oh, you have that. Yeah, I, I want to see it. I was actually uh, not far from the um, secret stash store the other day. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and I was just checking out some signage they have for the new movie. It's cool. Yeah, I liked buddy, it. I liked it. I'm Christ curious to... What? They have the Buddy Christ at the Secret Stash. We were there a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. right. Was, yep. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, let me know when you check out the movie. I'm curious what you guys think. But yeah. uh, a lot of lot of action today in the world of the Devils. Uh, we just traded Sharon Govich to Calgary for um, Tyler Toffoli. So uh, that's pretty much going to be taking up the spot, which will be left behind by Tomas Tatar. And we really gave up what, a third round pick and Toffoli. I mean, and uh, Sharon Govich. Um, you know, it's Sharon Govich is having a, Really? Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Toffoli thing real quick. I mean, Sharon Govich really was struggling to find his place in this lineup after a really good rookie year last year, two right. years ago. Yeah, and then last year he struggled to kind of find his place. Did very good defensively, plays penalty kill very well, but he really couldn't. He wasn't really fitting in with this team. Um, so I'm happy for him to go to Calgary. He's going to get plenty of opportunity to play. He just signed a two year deal, so he got his extension. You know, change of scenery might be really good for Sharon Govich. But we were talking Tyler Bertuzzi, but we got a Tyler. Um, this yeah. is a dude that I wasn't even thinking about i mean he wasn't on anybody's radar i don't think right four days no. ago i heard about this but i didn't i only heard a very small little rumor that his name was mentioned with new jersey but i really didn't even didn't think much of it yeah, all i heard was that he was not looking to extend with calgary and that was where it ended uh he does have one year left on his deal it does look more like a rental as of right now mm-hmm. i don't think that fitzgerald's gonna go out of his way to try and sign him i mean unless he has a very good year, and you know it's something. Maybe we get him for another year or so. But this does look mostly as a rental. Um, but he had a great year last year for Calgary. He played all eighty-two games. He had seventy-three points, thirty-two goals, thirty-nine assists. That was uh, for however many years he's been in the league. That's his highest offensive output. So, uh, what do you guys? You know, how happy are you for Toffoli? He was the leading like scorer a great for Calgary. I mean, he uh, won a Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, uh, he won a Stanley yeah, Cup with the Kings in 2014, uh, beating the Rangers, which is even better. Yeah, that's our um, style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah he's six foot, uh, 203 pounds. He's a big guy. I know he's not a heavy, but he's you know, it's a little bit of size for that top six. And um, you know, Thomas Tatar, we all liked. He played very well for the Devils, especially last season. Right. I thought the year before his first year, really, again. The team was bad, and he really couldn't find his place, but kind of with everything clicking, he played very good. He did, um, especially down the stretch and in the playoffs. He was great for us. Um, but Tyler Toffoli brings a little bit more of that playoff pedigree, which he I does, think but is, he also has some uh, like experience and a little bit more youth, which is nice. Yeah. He's got yeah, really he's a, a few years younger. Right? Years younger. Yeah. He really has. Yeah, I think he's got two years on him. 
Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, right? This guy, I mean, he's done so much for this team already. I mean, the guy has been awesome. I mean, I like Sharon Govich, of course. Yeah, obviously, you know, when he first came into the league, I'm sure we all loved Sharon Govich. It was like, wow, yep. this guy's, you know, I mean, and I think the change is going to be good for him. Um, but Fitzgerald, he's bought, I mean, look at the guys he's bought onto this team, right? Hamilton, Meyer, Pilat, I mean, uh, Marino. If you, if you look at how he's built this nucleus, um, it is very much like Tampa Bay did years ago. Built through the draft. You got a lot of young core guys that they all hit, man. Heisher, Hughes, Mercer, they all hit. Yeah. Um, and then now you bring Meyer in. You have Brat, another guy, late round pick, uh, top six dude, gives you you know point of game guy. And you look at that nucleus, and they're a they're so friggin' young. They're either just getting into their prime or still a few years away from being in their prime. They're locked up long-term with team-friendly contracts in a world where the the uh, salary cap in the next four to five years is probably going to go up anywhere from 7 to $10 million. That's a big chunk of change. Uh, and Fitzgerald has got these guys locked in. You can play around every year, a little bit on the outsides, on the edges. Who might you get for two years or this or that? But that's how you build long-running success, especially in the playoffs. And I love, like you said, Tom, I love what this guy has done, just watching how he's built this team. And, yes, everything has hit, which is even better because, you know, just one mistake. Jack Hughes isn't the guy. We're, you know, we're we're behind the eight ball again. Nico Heischer's not the guy. We're behind the eight ball again. I mean, you have to love so, our top six, right? I mean, we have. I mean, shit. Well, I, I mean, let's let's look at actually, you know, more than just the top six. Now we, we have Timo locked up now, 8.8, eight-year deal. Um, and I, I friggin' love it. Again, 26 years old, we got the guy for eight years, and I like the way that Fitzgerald has kind of done both the Meyer and the Brat contracts. They're very front heavy loaded. up front loaded. Like, I think the cap this year is like $10 million. Then it goes down a little bit. So when you get to that six, seven, eight year, it's a much more manageable contract to move if you decide you want to move on from these guys after five right. or six years. And also if you uh, got to pay, pay out some of your other guys who will be coming up by then, you know? I that's mean. right. And so I, I like I like the way that he set everything up, and it's just really exciting to be a Devil fan right now and to see what they're doing. But, I mean, look at the top six. I mean, we know the top six is going to be Mercer, Heischer, Meyer, Hughes, uh, Toffoli, and uh, Brat. I mean, that's a serious top six. I mean, out of those guys, maybe what Dawson Mercer is your least productive, as I'm making air quotes, but we all know he is just ready to pop and have a huge season because I think that that kid is going to be a star in this league. Definitely. Uh, he has such yeah, such a hockey mind. I mean, you could just, just amazing. Yes, he does. And then you go and look at the you know Hughes and Nemec on the blue line. Uh, these two guys are playing even you know a little bit of what they they show Luke showed and what I saw and we've all kind of seen on tape from Nemec. This defense they're going to be able to score at will. I mean they should be in the top five in scoring no doubt with all the ammunition that they can put on the ice. And then you go to the bottom six. I mean, we have Andre Pilat on the third line, essentially. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, how many teams are going to have Andre Pilat on their third line? It looks incredibly deep. You know, and then Hala, and then what, you maybe move Lazar or Boquist over to the other wing. I really like the idea of McLeod, um, Bastion, and hopefully Nolan Foote can take that spot that Wood had. And that bottom six is, again, checking. They can score. They can do everything that you can ask them to do. They can uh, go up against a team's best line. They can do everything, play in the power play, play in the, play in the penalty kill. This is really, if they stay healthy, really shaping up to be a super deep, exciting team. So what we have, $10 million cap. We have, what, notable. We have McLeod we still have to get, the RFA, uh, Bastion, Boquist, and Ball, right? And then was it both Bo- Boquist and Bastion? I thought it yeah, was just Boquist one. Yeah, Boquist and Bastion and Ball McLeod. And I think that I know the Devils, like Fitzgerald said today, they're going to let you know Woods going to test free agency of us, you know, Tatar. So we pretty much know those guys are gone. Right. right. It's pretty much. This is this is who we had. This is who we had uh, going into this this year as restricted and unrestricted free agents. Timo Meyer, we signed. Mm-hmm. 
Jesper Bratt signed. Thomas Tatar is going to go. And what what's the cap hit for this year for um, Trafoli? Because I think it's right around where Tatar was. Tatar was at four and a half. I believe it's about yeah. I believe it's, it's right. It's close to it, right? Yeah. Um, Severson gone. Jonathan Bernier gone. Miles Wood probably going to be gone. Ryan Graves probably going to be gone. Mackenzie Blackwood already gone. Dan, real quick, who are we going to bitch about next season without Severson or Blackwood? I'm sure we'll find somebody. Okay. <laughs> uh, we still have we still have Lindy. Um, yeah, you know, but it, he was he was great this year because we'd bitch about him and then he'd just turn it around and be like, "How does he do it?" You know? Yeah, he's, I know. He's, it's he's funny. Like we're. We're just sitting here saying, you know, look at our top six, and, you know, there's really no rhyme or reason to know what the hell Lindy Ruff's going to put out there in our top six or our bottom six or where yeah, everybody's going to play. assuming we know where they're going to Assuming gonna we know yeah. what Lindy's going to do. Well, we're not Eric wrong. Hoff, at least a couple of the games will have those combinations, but will they be set? Uh, who knows? Eric Halla signed. Igor Sharangovich gone. Michael McLeod still needs to be signed. Jesper Boquist needs to be signed, and Kevin Ball needs to be signed. So there's only those three guys right now. Bo- ba- ba- Nate Bastian is not a restricted or unrestricted. Really? Okay. It's just Jesper Boquist. But, yeah, I mean, that he did a really good job so far. Out of all those guys, we just have those three dudes to lock up. Michael McLeod's making $975,000 last year. I mean, he's definitely going to get a raise. Uh, Boquist was eight twenty five, and Kevin Ball was seven ninety five. So there really shouldn't be an issue with signing any of these guys and even giving them a little bit of a raise. Am I wrong? No, Fitzgerald he'll get it done. I mean, you know. That, yeah, I think so. That it was, I, I spent, that third pick was the one from the Severson trade, right? That we threw in there because that one I was looking today. So that one flipped from that originally was a Flames pick. Then went to Seattle, and then went to Columbus. Then went to the Jersey, and then now it's at the Flames. That was the actual pick that we used for Severson that we received. From Is that right? Okay, yeah. so that's what we got back yeah, from Columbus. Yeah, that's how many times that pick has flipped. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, we did get rid of uh, our buddy, Mackenzie Blackwood. I had said in the last show that he was a UFA. No, he was a restricted. And I would have given the sixth-round pick to San Jose and uh Blackwood just to get him out of our hair, but we actually ended up with a six-round pick for him. Um, again, no spot for him on this team. Just I think Devil fans, if anybody really needs a change of scenery, I would put him and Miles Wood on the top two. Definitely, uh, would, yeah, yeah, and just Mackenzie Blackwood. I just and think maybe, the fans yeah. were done. The fans were done. We didn't want you know we didn't want to deal with the bullshit anymore and the injuries and the, just all the nonsense that went along. It just seemed like a fucking black cloud always hanging over his fucking head. A fresh really start, good, maybe he can get some health consistency. I think he could be a great goaltender if he could stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope he stays healthy and he has a good season over there. I mean, San Jose's going through a really long rebuild and it looks like it's going to be a lot longer. So, you know. Uh, he should get a lot of time playing if he stays healthy. I mean, they're going to want to know what they have with him. And, uh, you know, but uh, good, good. He's on the other side of the country. We only have to see him twice a year, maybe. So I can live with that. I'm happy that Mackenzie Blackwood is not on this fucking team anymore. Yeah. That albatross that was Mackenzie Blackwood pulling every single fucking other goalie and everything else down around him. I just... It was rough. And uh, like I kept saying, I, I wanted to see more of Schmidt. And it, it turned out that maybe we, we would have been better off had we seen more of him and less of Blackwood. So, you know, it's, it was not a good situation for Blackwood. I'm sure the last two seasons especially was really hard on him. I know he wanted to regain his form and everything. It just never was never going to work out, you know. Let me ask you guys a question. Because this is going to be a very new-look devil team next year. Um, there are going to be quite a few new guys on the team. I'm curious of uh, I'm going to name a few new of the new things and tell me what you're most excited for seeing this year. If it's something that's not on the list and it's something else you're excited about, just let me know. So again, now Tyler Trafoli coming in, yeah. big pickup. Um, so him playing on, with this team from Jump Street uh, or Timo Meyer being here for an, a full 82 games. That was my immediate thought. It was like, okay, we got him with so few games left to go, and uh, I, I'm pretty excited to see how he, you know, lifts the team up. Not just how he performs, but how the effect it has on the team to have that physical presence that can score, uh, you know, in those those dirty goals when necessary, the the muscle goals. That's going to be huge for the character of this team. So I'm really excited about that. 
And Safoli can play that way too. Yeah. Um, he's not as physical as as Meyer, but he can definitely is a guy that can you know make some way in front of the net and and camp out out there and let a guy. I, I would assume he'd probably be playing with Hughes and Brat is just off the top of my head. Um, that line can can be scary, freaking good. And then Meyer with Heischer and and Mercer. I mean, yeah, that just should be so much freaking fun to watch. Um, so you got two new guys on the, the wing for the first two lines that are going to be here for the whole year, which is exciting. Then the emergence of Luke Hughes on the blue line. Very exciting. Simone Nemec, if he makes the team. You got Akira Schmidt, if he ends up being the man to take the lion's share of this work and really see what we have with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, Andre Palat for a whole year where he can stay healthy. Right. Uh, out of those things, what are you most excited to see? For me, I mean, I, it's Timo for me. I mean... It's Timo? Yeah, I have to say, like, I really thought he was such a big signing. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be such so loved in Jersey. Um, he has the, like, it's the size. He, he showed in the playoffs. He has that claw the mule in him, as we said before. I mean, how could you not? I, I believe that he's a star. I think we got him at a good price. I know San Jose tried to get him for nine, and he didn't take it. He took less for, for, for us, obviously. obviously. You know, Jersey, like we were talking about last episode, Jersey's definitely a destination now. Um, yeah, people want to play here, which is something that I've never said in my 47 years on this planet, yeah. that people want to play in New Jersey. And Trifoli, yep. I think he's going to be, he'll be our first. If he wears 73, we never had a player that wears 73 before. Never, yeah, no. That's He'll be the first one. Yeah. 69, I get it, because I mean, some teams that just don't want you to wear that, you know. But uh, 72 also, but it's weird, 73. He's good, And he's a good player. Like, I think that we have a lot to be excited about. And But how do you not love he, the, the Meyer thing, right? Yeah. Uh, it's huge. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm surprised when Trifoli said in the interview that he did last night with some of the Devil Reporters um, Skype uh, interview he did that he said that Calgary never even approached yeah, him. I heard that. I was waiting. I never heard. Right. Like, yeah. that's a little bit shocking that they never even approached him. Now, maybe because he said he had no interest in extensions, maybe that's why, but I don't know how that worked out. But, yeah, I mean, he's a hell of a player, like we said. And another guy that comes in with the Stanley Cup pedigree, him and Palat now, We've got some dudes that have won a cup that have gone deep in the playoffs for many times in those two. Uh, I think the leadership between Trifoli, Meyer, and Palat and what they can bring again this year. And not to mention the leadership that's going to fall on our guys now. You mm-hmm. know, this is now. Boys, though. I want to see. I forget about this, you know, Brat. Let's see what he does this year. I mean, I'm really kind of curious now. Absolutely, yeah. Hope I am it. not at all curious what he's going to do in the regular season. <laughs> I want him to see what he's going to do in the yeah. playoffs. That's what I want to see. I hope he just goes in now. Now there's no contract to fight. Now you, you know. Now you're a devil. This is what you are. Right. Now you have I'm a... really hoping that you know. It would be good to see him get some consistency too, right? Because yes. he did even last year. He, I mean, he was so hot on that streak, and then boy, did he go away for a while. And yeah. So you know, if he develops more consistency, it's reason to be more excited about his playoff. Uh, you know. Return, uh, you know, redemption uh, coming up next year. So that that's very exciting. I, I think the Schmidt thing is going to be very interesting too, because I think a lot of Devils fans are, you know, saying, okay, maybe he can be that guy that if we don't get Hellebuck, you know, that's not going to happen. If that's not going to be our story, he can maybe even exceed Vanacek. Vanacek uh, might end up coming back and, and playing great in the playoffs. You never know, but there's so much unwritten yet with this to see if. If Schmidt can handle a you know steady workload and looking good with it, um, that would be huge. That would be Some so huge. Some people don't have faith in Schmidt. I've, I mean, it's funny. As Devil fans, I really do. Have, I, you know, I have a lot of hope for him. And I've yeah. been listening to a lot of other you know stuff in general. You you hear like, and not even Devils related other hockey. Just in, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, they I, they kind of reference him as remember that guy that came in and did really good and then just fizzled out at the end of the playoffs. But, you know, and obviously we see it different. But I, I've right. kind of heard that narrative. Yeah, I mean, it, I hear a lot of the Devils are going to be there as long as they get a goaltender. Um, I keep hearing that. Now, I don't know if if Fitzgerald is going to make the move for, for Hollabuck. It's a big move. It's a ballsy it move. Right. Um, Looks like $9 million is really going to be the bottom number for this guy. That's, that's it crazy. It really does. Um, now, I like I, I texted you guys earlier. I do think that it might be more in the realm of possibilities for Fitzgerald to go out and just get him for this year as the rental. Right. But 
then again, if you're going to do that, I, to me, I just think maybe, maybe just let's see what we have. Uh, I love Hellebuck, and I think that it automatically makes the Devils a Stanley Cup favorite right off the bat, having him on, in, in the pipes. But if you're going to sacrifice a lot of the future of this team for one dude, I think we at least need to know 100% if Schmidt and Vanacek can do the job. Because, um, you know, there's the people that look at Tampa and say they don't win back-to-back cups without Vasilevsky. And then there's people that say you don't need a Vasilevsky. Aiden Hill just won the cup. So you just, if you have a good defense, if you have big guys in front of the goalie and they're just serviceable, you can get through the four rounds of the playoffs. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I guess just depending on the team, I feel like the Devils' defense in the next couple of years is going to be the best in the friggin' league. I do. I think with those two dudes, and that's what I'm most excited about, Luke Hughes and Simone Nemec. I really hope Simone Nemec makes this team. I think that the future of this blue line with those two guys is just going to be ridiculous because there's not many blue lines that will be able to say Dougie Hamilton, you know, Luke Hughes, and yeah, some Marino. Marino. <laughs> and, I mean, just Marino. Look at the power play with all yeah. those guys. Like, right. it should be outstanding this year. I they definitely really don't want them to see see them move Nemitz at all. Uh, I mean, you know, I definitely don't want to see him go um, – I, I well, let me ask you something. If, I mean, he was definitely uh, a sticking point on the Meyer trade. That's what kind of took it so long that they wanted Nemec or Mercer were the two guys. And Fitzgerald was able to, to pry him away without those two guys. So do you think, though, that he would put a Nemec in for a Hollabuck move if you don't have Hollabuck locked up at least, you know, the next five or six years? Like, you don't I would move. Hope not. I would hope you don't that. move Simone Nemec for a rental. And I don't you think Gus says he won't do that. Would, yeah. No, I don't think he would. Uh, I, I don't know. It's I can't say 100%, but he hasn't made a move where you have that awful feeling like, oh, my God, why did we just give up? He has not done that to no. us. No, I, you're right. I just don't think – I don't see it coming. And he's kind and of the perfect scenario. Every move he's made, right? I mean, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all – all his big moves have worked out. And, yeah. and he, he's managed to establish between him and Lindy Ruff and, you know, a lot of the guys in the locker room – have been able to establish now, and you saw it a lot last year, a, and it's a redundant word that everyone uses in professional sports, but it does mean a lot, is culture. Yeah. And the culture of that team now is completely different than what it was two years ago. You know, and I think Jack brings a lot of that to that dressing room that, mm-hmm. you know, this is how we play in New Jersey. You have to be responsible. I mean, fucking Jack Hughes playing defense you know, and has come out and said many times, I don't like it, but I yep. also know that that's how you win, and that's all this kid wants to do is win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and you so, guys said, uh, what am I excited about? Honestly, it's easy to overlook because, he, you know, it's like a given. Oh, we got Jack Hughes. We know he's great. What about all these other moves? He, we're, He's not even done developing. You know, like no. he, may, he may not only score more, but even become a bigger leader, a better leader on that team. Uh, so, yeah, this year coming up is... is going to be exciting even just watching him uh not just for the beautiful goals he scores but like you know as he develops i'd like to see you know him continue to put on a little bit mass like he did like he was much bigger this past year than the year oh, before yeah. and much more yep. durable because of that and uh you know he's he's not done developing physically and i think uh also like into the leader that he you know that was a huge growth year and he, yeah. he's not done i don't think do you think Fitzgerald is going to make another move? You think he's? I mean, I would love to see one more like a defenseman coming, but I don't think it's going to happen now. I think it's kind of we're kind of getting. I don't know. Now. I mean, who's I out know. there? I, we said like a goodest like guy would fit nice, but I do. I do think he's got something up his sleeve come Saturday. I do think that there's some free agents out there that he's interested in in getting in here. I don't know if it's a another forward, a bottom six guy, if it's just like a Curtis Lazar type dude. Or is he going to go and swing for defenses and try and get a big D guy? I don't know. Is he going to make a move for Hollabuck? It's interesting, but I think our as much as I would love Hollabuck, I do think with the Sharon Govich going and the Trafoli move, I do think that was a big piece that you could have used for Hollabuck. Yep. So when I saw him going last night to Calgary, I thought, man, probably not. 
probably not going to do a Howlbuck deal. Mm-hmm. So I think he's probably done on the trades. I, I don't, don't know Holtz about is free stay agency. From what I'm getting, from the vibe I'm getting, is that Holtz is going to. This is his final chance. Like you know, you're kind of getting. Yes. That you read the articles. You're getting that. They idea. they've said that. Yeah. The yep. exit interviews. They they told him like you you're not Make getting any it. more chances. Either you figure this shit out and start doing what we're you know how play the way we want you to play, or you're not going to be here. And apparently he has a. Uh, you know, a skating coach with him uh, wherever he's uh, practicing this summer. I don't know where. He, where's he from, Holtz? I know uh, he's European. Yeah, I mean, that name's German, but I don't think he's German. Yeah, I was just curious. But um, I, I do think that there probably is a, a, some a name or two, at least, that I think he'll try and go after in free agency. Whether or not Swedish. we land anybody. Sweet. Where's he? Okay. So he's a sweet. He's yeah. from uh, Sweden. But if you, I mean, even if that's it and it's done, I mean, we, we like this team, right? I mean, yeah. I, and I think guys like, you know, like I mentioned, Gouda, so he's going to cost too much, I think. I think he's going to get a raise this year. I yeah. think, I think, uh, we, we're going to see some mistakes, obviously, like we talked about last episode with some of our young guys, but I think we have, we might have a nice, uh, I think Ball's going to have a big season for us. I really like, you know, I mean, I would not be surprised. I know I said his name before, but if they sign Oliver Ekholm Larson, I would not be shocked if they get him. The guy is a very good hockey player. He has not played well the last few years. Vancouver just paid him $20 million to not play for them. Um, if he wants to get back into that you know, upper echelon guy making 5 $6 million a year, maybe you get him to sign for a million, a million and a half. And you just tell him, like, you know, this is his one year to kind of turn things around and show the NHL that he still has it. And he's a could be a good leader for that defense. I also like Shea Weber. I think he's out in Arizona still. But, again, I think that would be a trade. I don't think that Shea Weber's up for uh, free agency. So I don't think that we're going to make any more moves via trade. But we could be completely wrong. But, you know, back to the, the Jack Hughes thing. And, you know, Jack plays with this, you know, this chip on his shoulder that I love, you know, you see Mm -hmm. it now. And, and when he speaks, you know, this was a kid that came in very highly touted who a lot of people said never should have went first overall his first couple of years in the league. He was getting a lot of shit because like exactly what you just said, Dan, he wasn't filled out. He wasn't ready. I honestly believe, sorry to Patrick Kane, but when it's all said and done, Jack Hughes will be the greatest American hockey player ever. Yep. I really do believe that. He's got what it takes, that's for sure. He just, just keeps moving along on this progression that he's, he's had, you know, every year getting stronger uh, and being more consistent. And he will be on track to, to, to you know, Stanley Cups and uh, Hall of Fame career for sure, probably being the best American player. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the future right now of this Devils team is just fucking awesome. It is just so much fun to be a Devil fan right now. And it's like everybody's on board. Like every single national media is like, you got to love what Fitzgerald is doing with that team. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, the, the culture, what Lindy Ruff has brought, where I thought an 80-year-old, I know he's not 80, but, you know, a 70-something, 60 he looks 80, 60-something-year-old or 70-something-year-old coach. How's he going to relate to these 21-year-old kids and 22-year-old kids? Man, he, they love him. Absolutely. They love him. We're locked up. Like, we got Meyer, eight years, uh, Jack's seven, Brat, eight. I mean, you know, you just go down, you know. Even Palat we got for four, which I know some of, you know, you got to worry about the end of that contract maybe, but you still don't know. The, the jury's still out on that. But, I mean, and Nico, I, I don't know. I mean, we really have some years to be excited because we know who's kind of we know our main core is going to be here now, you know. And I mean, that's to me, that's really and it's a big core. Yeah, you know, it's a big core. Like most guys, you know, most teams like they're always talking with Toronto. They're big four, you know, Tavares and Matthews and uh, Nylander and um, my uh, what's his name, Mitch Marner. You know, those four. Like we have. Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Dawson Mercer, Luke Hughes, Simone Nemec. Like, our core is deep, and these guys are all going to be here for a long time, and they're all just outstanding hockey players, where most teams would take any one of those guys any day of the friggin' week, and we have them all. 
Baker Fitzgerald has done a masterful job with drafting and scouting and everything else that he's done these last couple of years. I could not be happier. Now, maybe this time next year, we're all sitting around bitching and moaning because we didn't make the playoffs or some other bullshit, but I don't foresee that happening. Watch. No. Um, yeah, there was actually a question from somebody today that actually I could probably, would probably fit into this perfect. This guy, Jersey Joe, asked us so basically about uh, who we thought... What did Jersey Joe say, Jersey Tom? Joe... Uh, he asked us basically who we thought was going to break through, like with the Nemitz and the um, Thompsons, who we, th- who we think is going to be on the opening day roster, which we kind of covered last show, I think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he wanted me to ask you guys that. Who you th- which, which of those guys you think that on opening day we're going to see on the ice? Well, first of all, is this Jersey Jofano? <laughs> Sasquatch Joe. He's an younger. Islander fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. That's true. Who is it? Jersey Joe. Sasquatch Joe is the other uh, name he goes by. But he he okay. is a uh, he listens to our show all the time, and he also has a podcast too. Actually, the Devil's Podcast. Oh, that's What's awesome. the name of his podcast. Let's give him a. Let me see here. Let me look give it up him a shout out here, Jersey. While you Joe. guys are giving your answer, I'll look up the exact podcast. So I, I would say that the one guy that I mostly and I talked about him a little earlier before is Nolan Foot. I am very interested mm. to see Nolan Foot finally make this team because I think he can bring a lot, especially to that bottom six. I think a fourth line with McLeod, Bastion, and Foot is a very formidable fourth line. Uh, so, in my opinion, I again, I love the idea of Alex Holtz. I want to see him actually do something. And until that happens, my I'm going to probably be on the Nolan Foot train. What about you, Dan? Okay, so just so I'm clear, the question is, uh, which devil are we excited about seeing next year? Basically, like, what do we think? But I think he's talking out? mostly about Utica guys, like who Utica who, guys. Oh, okay. Who do you think is going to break out and and join the team? And and we're not going to count. Part. We're not going to count Luke Hughes because he never no, really no, did no. Utica at that no. time. I mean, uh, well, Clark was uh, was on pace to maybe make the team, you know, and that would be cool. I'd like to see him on the team. Uh, he had okay. he got called up a few times, but he never really played. So that would be no. nice to see. Okay. Yeah, and uh, what about you, Tom? I'm going to go with foot also, though. I think, um, which I think that Joe had actually mentioned that he thought that, I think Clark we'll see eventually. As long as we, we don't move him, I think he'll wind up in like a, maybe a midseason, like, you know, or a, yeah. you know, early on during an injury. But I do think foot, I think uh, he's another one that, and I would like to see more of him play too, actually. Yeah, so. Yeah, I like Nolan Foote's size. I like what he brings. Um, the little bit that we saw him play, he played very well for this team last year. And, uh, yeah, I think he could flourish in the NHL. I think he's the type of guy that, especially on this team and see how it's constructed, I think a guy like Nolan Foote steps in and has a better career than he ever had in Utica. I really do. I see him as being a guy, Bobby said it on the one show last week when he was uh, here before he went on vacation, when he said uh, that he's going to earn a spot and he will be in the NHL from here on out. And I believe that. I do think Nolan Foote has everything it takes to do it. I mean, we yeah. gave up Blake Coleman for him. Let's start using it. it heads yeah, up and it's hockey, in his blood. It's podcast name. It is. Heads Up, heads up, up hockey. hockey. Okay. Heads Up Hockey? Yeah. Heads Up Hockey Podcast. And here's a right. question for Jersey Joe, guys. for anybody so, checking out the Uncle Puckers, be sure to check out Jersey Joe and his Heads Up Hockey Podcast. I will be sure to check that out, Sweet. too. Thanks for the question, Joe. Appreciate so, it. So if if Graves leaves, does Bobby leave us too? Go start a podcast. I think so. I think it's a package deal. I <laughs> yeah. think if, if, if Graves Adam, and his groupies are leaving. Ryan, <laughs> yes, if Ryan yeah. Graves leaves. But if Alex Holtz makes the team, he might yeah. stick around yeah. because he's got a giant heart on for Alex Holtz. He's got wood for Holtz. Yeah, and Holtz yeah. does mean wood. So. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that. I said, I wonder if Bobby leaves if Graves leaves. I don't know. I mean, uh, he's Bobby, uh, Bobby hasn't been here all week, so maybe there's something going on. Um, it could yeah. be. He knows something we don't know. He's an insider. Yeah. You know. Yes, he's an insider. He's inside Ryan Graves. Exactly. You know. So. But, yeah, I mean, it, Saturday those guys are all going to have new homes. Ryan Graves and yep. uh, Thomas Tatar and Miles Wood. They're all be someplace else. Speaking of new I know. Home, I'm going to see that that uh, Mikoff went to the Flyers tonight. That kid's going to. Yeah, be but if they don't buy out his contract, we're not going to see him for like three years. So who gives a shit? And I heard he's. A, I heard with him, there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of people saying that you know, watch out when you draft him because he was really difficult. They said you know, and obviously not yeah. being a Russian thing is not helping. Another that. Russian who's difficult. Go figure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know Washington had their uh, hopes on getting yeah. him at number six. They really wanted him. It's kind of that whole changing of the guard, you know, uh, Ovechkin passing the torch to him when he gets into the league. And, oh, well. well they also we can got deal with Oliver him. Bonk, which you remember Radic Bonk, right? His song. Yeah, I remember Radic Bonk. They got his son tonight, too. Wow. Then. Well, I know Connor Bedard, of course, went number one to Chicago. Now, I have not seen much of Connor Bedard. Um, I can't remember the last time I've heard this much hype about a player was Sidney Crosby, and he was as advertised. Is this dude yeah, Sidney Crosby? McDavid. Connor, oh, he is. I think the only thing Connor like, McDavid, McDavid level, yeah, Sidney like, Crosby that's level. The last time I heard that kind of buzz, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I think the only thing that will stop him is an injury. I think the guy is that good. I mean, you know, his hype is so high, though, right? It's gigantic. I mean, but uh, I think he is. I've watched, you know, I've watched him play. I've seen, you know, a lot of stuff on him, and I think he is the real deal. And I think Chicago, obviously, should be pretty damn excited. I think you know, that's why having Hall there for him will be probably good, too, I, I guess. You know, so it's, you know, they're... You know Patrick Kane's going to end up going back there, right, when he's healthy. I'm sure he's going to sign again with Chicago. He's such an ass. Just to go play with Connor, yeah. But I mean, the guy that I really like that I didn't again. I haven't seen too many of these guys that are you know in the draft only because the Devils haven't they didn't have a first round pick, so I wasn't super interested. But Adam Fantilli, I think, yeah, is going to be a freaking stud in this league. He is a really good player. But again, I mean, what's that tone? If Babcock doesn't fuck him up, that's true. That's true. He did. He went to Columbus. Um, but again, I'll take Jack over any of them. I mean, maybe not Connor Bedard, you know, in a couple of years, but I'm super happy with Jack. I mean, we couldn't ask for more. We all remember when kid. the Ranger fans were, I'll never forget it, man, when they were all chanting, we want uh, Kako. I was like, Yeah, man. yeah, now they're debating whether or not they should trade him in Lafayette because uh, they just haven't done shit. It's and, funny, uh, you know. Nolan Patrick, right, that was a, couple, that was a big question mark. We, yep. The right, to, the Devils. I gotta say, man, we have made some good decisions. This last bunch. The of Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer thing. I, I, mean, I remember that. That was actually like really right down the middle. We thought we were gonna um, get Patrick. I felt that way at least at first. I really had no idea uh, going into that draft. Uh, I thought it could have gone either way. I wanted Heischer only because Patrick had said that you know stupid made that stupid comment when they asked him if he would rather play in New Jersey or Philly, and he said, I- I'm not saying where I'd rather play, but I do like cheesesteaks better than pizza or something stupid like that. Like, fuck you, you're not going to say who you're going to play, and then, you know, is he even in the fucking league now? Yeah, he's, on the, <laughs> he's on the Golden Knights roster, and the thing is, he's in his career, he played 222 games and only put, he had 32 goals and 45 assists. And they think about, like, that big question mark back then with between him right. and Israel, right? No, we yeah. definitely got the better... And then with Kako and Hughes, I don't think that was a, a, a big deal. I don't think that was even – nobody was really talking about Kako over Hughes. He had, a good, was, uh, he had a good tournament right before the draft, Kako, and that raised everyone's eyebrows. And, of course, the Ranger fans are going to say that. I mean, you know, I would expect them to say that. And right, right. now, you see, I've seen a lot of Rangers' reaction right now. They're like, the Devils are, like, gearing up to, like, it's like World War Three, and we have done, you know, not shit. They they haven't done a thing. They yeah. haven't even signed Keandre Miller yet. At this point, uh, when you look at the two teams, and the Devils did a good job against the Rangers last year, uh, Devils have improved. The Rangers have yes. not, you know, they, they, at all. So I saw a comment today that said, uh, sorry, Ranger fan said, oh, Use will be f- be free in uh, well, seven years. We can grab him and someone and a devil fan wrote underneath. Pasternak will be free in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect, great, <laughs> perfect. And, uh, uh, how great would that be, right? If you end up getting <laughs> Igor Pasternak in two years as a devil. I mean, oh, everybody lo- likes money, and, and the, the Rangers might just you know throw a bunch of money at him and hold on to him his whole career, just like they did with Lundqvist. But Pasternak, I mean, if he gives a shit about really you know, making an uh, impact that lasts forever in this league. He's got all the skill in the world. He should go somewhere else. And, you know, of course, New, New Jersey is a great place for him to go. That'd be awesome. But, you know, uh, anywhere that he has a chance to win, I, I just feel like the Rangers are – that curse is real. That curse is real. That organization, uh, I don't I don't see them ever getting off the mat uh, the way they're going these days. I don't think their window is closed yet. But I think that if they don't make a big push this year, I do think it will close. I mean, just how much more are you going to get from Zabanajad and Panarin? You know, they're all on the, you know, either 
real close to the wrong side of 30 or already there. Back nine, so, right. you know, there what's that? The back nine, they call it, I believe. Yeah, yeah I mean, his. It's so, I mean, they, but they and really, Z- they haven't Zibanejad, done it. He, he was alive yeah. in the playoffs, but Panarin, one of the most talented guys in the world, was dead in the playoffs. Invisible. It, it was amazing. I, was so, I, I couldn't believe how little impact he had in that series. Well, if you remember, during those games, Panarin and Bratt, they were left. They went to the titty bars, and they just they decided not to play. Exactly. So that was it. So those two just didn't show up. But I like what, um, if you look at what the Devils have done, and I know I just said the Rangers haven't done anything, but is there any team in the East up to this point that has done more to get themselves better wow. than the Devils? I, I just... No. So far, the Devils you know, have had probably one of the best. I mean, if not the best, I don't want to be. I mean, of course, I focus mostly on the Devils. I got to say, we've had have to have had the best off season. I would put us number one, and I put Colorado number two. I think uh, up Ross Joe, today. Yeah, Joe, Joe Sackick's making a lot of moves. He's shoring up his uh, second line, the middle, uh, getting some dudes, knowing that um, you know uh, Landis Scout's not going to be back next year. Uh, they they have some holes to fill, and I think that they're going to be really good next year. I also think the Kings. We didn't even talk about this. Um, what the hell did they just pick up from fucking Winnipeg? Um, oh shit, uh, Dubois. Um, uh, the, uh, who the hell did not Chiefly? You're not no, talking about Chiefly, right? Is Dubois? No, not Chiefly. Um, He's still out there. There, it's a question about whether Chiefly's going to come back to the Jets. Yeah, I know Chiefly wants to leave. Um, uh, you know, Howlbuck and I don't know who else, but uh, who the hell did Pierre they just Luke pick they, up? Um, yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, they just picked him up. Uh, they gave up a shitload for him. For uh, But I think that helps the Kings. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, this is a dude that's 25 years old and has already bitched and moaned about being in two places that he's played at. So right. I, I wouldn't feel very comfortable with Whoever him. lands Howlbuck uh, is going to look like they had a good off season. You know, it's just I the way Luke- it's going to appear. That's Luchik true, too. Luchik is going back to Boston, too, I'm hearing. Who is? Luchik's going back to Boston. Oh, I, I heard, uh, too, today that um, Olmark is, uh, that Boston was talking to Pittsburgh for Olmark. Wow. So, yeah, it looks like Boston's going to move from Olmark, move off of him, and just go with Swayman. Uh, what, would you, what would you say if Olmark was a possibility for the Devils? I'd rather have Hellebuck, I think, right? I would much well, rather yeah, have Hellebuck. Let's I say trust, I mean, the the question is, uh, Olmark or uh, keep you know your duo that you got. Keep duo. All right. Well, here here's here's the question. All right, because Linus Olmark had a great season last year. He did. But Linus Olmark is a very good goalie. But last year he had this ridiculous season, just like everybody else in Boston. They just it all clicked. The guy lost seven fucking games last year. Mm-hmm. Seven games. That's crazy. Um, but You're not counting the playoffs, though. No, I'm not counting the playoffs. <laughs> where where he lost most. four. Yeah. <laughs> but I I would... Oh, God. Linus Olmark or the duo that we have now, I think I would go with Linus Olmark. See, I don't know if I would because the same playoff question would loom in my head. You know? like it, Yeah. What is his what is his playoff record before uh, that year? I mean, it was unproven, wasn't it? But uh, where, where, I think where it was, was. His career playoffs he, is eight. Um, let's see, eight games, uh, three wins, yeah, so five losses, three point five four. Point he's eight. barely had any. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, like it, it, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, Hellebuck hasn't gone deep in the playoffs. No, but Hollabuck is, uh, I, I mean, just a better goaltender. Um, so I think yeah. you can definitely go farther with Hellebuck. But I think that Linus Olmark's problem, I don't think that it was his fault of what happened in the playoffs. I do blame how Boston used him. And we talked about that uh, yes. during after the first round. Like, you had a system that worked fantastic all right. year. Right. And you disrupted that system and gave Olmark every start going into the playoffs and then for all seven games of that first round, Swayman should have you should have kept to that rotation. Yeah. Regardless of what you were already up three to one, uh, or or yeah, three to one in that game five, Swayman should have played. They probably win the series. Um, and that whole miracle run from Florida never happens. 
I just think that they just for whatever reason they deviated from what worked all year and it bit them in the ass when it came to the goaltending issue. But I think Olmark is a good goalie. I think if I'm Boston, I'm probably going to move him and go with Swayman. He's younger and he his numbers were I mean right there with Olmark um, as a number two. But I I get why they're going with Swayman. But if yeah, but you I know, does take, that system hmm. really work in the playoffs though? Like I mean, I, I can know. almost understand why they went away from it, but I feel like that's a good reason not to go ever use it in the first place. I mean, <laughs> outside of uh, Colorado last year, um, you know, and even then, they didn't really split it up, you know, three to one the whole way through, did they? No. So no. You know. I, I think that Brassois had a few starts in the first round, then they yeah. just went with Kemper. Right, so you kind of like I, I don't know, man. If you if you're gonna train your goalie to split at such a huge percentage, twenty five percent or more of the games, I, I think maybe you're doing your your team a disservice come playoff time. I'm trying to think when it actually worked. And um, that's a good point. There there probably have been yeah, a few it, instances, but it's kind of funny too because you, you know you do you make a, you make a lot of sense with that because like all you hear about nowadays is you have to have two goalies, right. You have to have two goalies, but then come playoff time, you, nobody ever wins with two goalies. No. Somebody always just rides the hot goalie. That's how you win. Yeah. So, you know, you just need a good goalie and a good backup. You don't need two, 1A, 1B, that bullshit. You need a guy to maybe take 25, 30 starts a year and another guy to take the lion's share of 40, 50 games and run with it. Uh, that's my opinion. I think it works um, okay in the regular season because every game is so different and unique, and you know you're not playing in a series. Uh, in a series, the goaltender has a point, bigger though. you know uh, impact. So you can't just but change it, them out. But then it goes to your point though. Does it then fuck you up once right. you get to the playoffs? Like yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. know what the perfect formula is. Maybe like from. Uh, all-star break on, you know, you just like, you know, I got my number one, I'm sticking with it, and we're going to, you know. I do think for interest a, to keeping games down to non-Brodor level of games in a season, right. you know. You shouldn't be playing 75 games a season. That's kind of high, right? You know sure. who kind of goes I mean, with the old school way? Actually, is the Lightning, right? I mean, you pretty much. Vasilevsky, yeah. Pretty much their guy. Like, well, Winnipeg. You know, yeah. I mean, Hollabuck yeah. had, like, yep. like, what, 50-something starts last year? Yeah, there's, I mean, no, there's he, a couple teams that still follow. I'm a fan of the, your, you know, your main goal is your main goal. Your backup might see, like, 10 to 12 games in, you know, regular season. Sometimes more, but, you know, and shit, you know, you hope if your guy gets hurt, you get, your backup has one of those crazy runs that, you know. But uh, I, I know that, yeah, Tampa runs like that. And, you know, it, it, you're, I, yeah, Dan, it's just true. I, I wonder if that does affect, like, the whole getting the playoffs and all of a sudden – it Connor seemed like Hallbuck it did. Had, yeah, for Boston. Connor Hallbuck had, had 37 wins last year. Um, he played, let's see, how many games did he play last year? 64. He played 64 games last year. Yeah. Connor Hallbuck. That's crazy. 66 the year before. Um, I'm curious about Andre Vasilevsky. It's got to be similar numbers, I would assume. Andre Vasilevsky last year played 60 games. So, yeah, those two definitely do take the the work, the you know, the the workload 100%. Uh but not many teams do. So, right. I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, if you're I I would probably think that if I was coaching a team and I did have like a Schmid Vanacek. So, let's say this year you you run them pretty much half and half. Hmm. Whoever you feel going into the playoffs, and this is if you have playoffs, you know, you're already set, you're not chasing anything, you know you're going to be in the tournament, come maybe March, February, middle of February, maybe then you just take that number one if it's Schmid and you just play Vanacek in back-to-backs and you get Schmid ready for the playoffs. That's kind of what I would do, but the Devils didn't even do that with Vanacek last year. We all assumed that it was going to be Vanacek's ball, come the playoffs, that he was going to be the number one. He was going to start every game. And the last game of the season, he's sitting down. Thank God uh, Mackenzie Blackwood shit the bed the way he did because we definitely would have not beaten the Rangers if he played well that game and then we went into the playoffs with him as our backup. 
There's no way we're beating the Rangers. It was because of That's Schmidt right. that we... And the only reason Schmidt got his spot was because of what happened that last game. But we were still, yeah. right up until the last game of the season, not sure. We were still running three goalies. Because I think and, Vanacek, you know, right, the last two months is when we started having... You started seeing little, like, uh, the creases, right? And I think that yes, was the last two it, months. Started seeing a little chink in the armor. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... That's why I'm not. I know Dan. You said that you have a little bit more faith that, that Vanacek is going to be, that he's not going to be a fucking disaster in the playoffs. Yeah. I agree. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but I'm much more confident going in this year if we're not going to make a move for Halabuck with Schmidt. I am. I am. Uh, yeah. I feel more comfortable with Schmidt than I do with Vanacek. He needs. We need to see Schmidt under a normal NHL starter workload, and I really hope they give him, you know, a shot early on. To be our number one, to play like a number one, where he's playing, you know, seventy-five to eighty-five percent of the games for That's a good what I was stretch. Ask you. What's what's the number? What's the number you want to see Schmidt start next year? Uh, you know, look, if if things are going well, I would I would like to see him like in the sixties total games. Uh, that would be that would if if he's playing that many games, it tells you the only way that's going to happen, especially with Ruff as a coach, is is if he's playing really well. If he's playing really well and we're going into playoffs with him, I feel much better about it than even Vanacek. Now, if, if Vanacek emerges and, and, and he's playing well consistently and Schmidt has not been able to you know keep that number one starter and we go with uh, Vanacek going into the playoffs, not that late, like at least by the all-star break we've made the decision. Schmidt is not everything we hoped for. Um, Vanacek is playing great. I'm not going to cry about it. I think we'll be all right. I also would definitely look at the trade deadline if there's great goaltenders out there if neither one has impressed anybody. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I really would like to see going into this, uh, Schmidt establish himself as a number one. That's the best case scenario here. Has a great year, great regular season. All the magic is ready to go for the playoffs. Look, you're going to have an unproven goaltender at some point make – you know, make uh, himself a playoff winning goaltender. And um, that could be Schmidt. I mean, in a way, he kind of already did with the, his round one performance to save the day. Uh, round two, a lot of problems. I, I think the team plays well. He plays uh, that same way he did in the losing series. The team's playing better in front of him. He's a winning goaltender there. It was not all on him. Uh, I'm not saying he was perfect. He could have maybe uh, stolen a game there, and that would have changed things dramatically. So I'm not trying to give him a complete pass, but um, I, I'm okay with really either one of them going into the playoffs if it must be. And I say it must be if we can't get somebody who's like a proven playoff guy for the right price. That's asking a lot. You know, there's a good chance we're just not going to get that. Well, there is something else, too, that we didn't even discuss is that both Akira Schmidt and Vitek Vanacek will be playing for contracts after this year. Great point. They're both, yeah. you know, Vanacek had a two-year deal. This is it. Um, Akira Schmid signed back in 2021, May. He signed a three-year deal for $2.7 million with an annual average salary of $925,000. That's all we're paying Akira Schmid. Right. So if Akira Schmid can really step up and say and show this organization and the fan base that he's the number one guy going into next off season, even if you gave this guy tripled his friggin' salary. You oh, know? he could get a 500% raise at a $5 million goaltender, and it wouldn't be and, too much if he no, won you a cup. And, <laughs> you know, and, if he was the still, man the whole way through. Yeah, if he's the man and he can win you a cup, and he's or still you darn close. Yeah. There's a lot of things, a lot of reasons why Akira Schmidt is so, um, you know, appetizing to this team. Like, he, you know, he's he's coming in at under a million dollars. If he can do the job and do what he did against the Rangers... Um, for again, I I think it's weird. Like when you look at that Colorado's, I mean, I, I always do that. The Carolina series, like mm-hmm. I know everybody, we all shit on the goaltending or whatever, but everything just seemed from the the start of that series, like everything just fucking went sideways, right? Yeah, like, all in New yep. York against the Rangers. Yeah, we left yeah. it all in New York, and that emotional win was just spent that whole team. That yep. it was everybody. So I I do want to see Schmid. Um, Definitely get like you said the lion's share of starts. I wasn't thinking in the sixties. I was thinking in the fifties. But if that's you probably more guy, realistic, to be honest with you. But again, you know, if he's putting up good numbers and this team is is 
you know, set for a playoff spot, you know, one, two, three in the Metropolitan, and come, you know, February, March, he's getting 90% of the starts, and we're all feeling comfortable. This team could be really, really tough out next year in the playoffs. And remember, yeah, too, definitely. Vanacek, you know, we don't know. He may bounce back. I mean, the guy, first of all, yeah. regular season, he had a great regular season, played over 50 games, 33 wins. The guy, you know, I mean, he, and I just saw a lot of people being like, well, this is what Vanacek does. Well, the guy's only played in 130-something games his whole career, so 50 of them were with us last year. So we don't really know, you know, like we saw in the playoffs last year, your major goalies were out in the first round with your major yep. teams, you know. It's true. Um, so... I want to see Schmidt, definitely. I would love to see him, you know, take the spot. But I also really do like uh, Vanacek, and I, I kind of actually felt bad for him in the playoffs because I did too. If you didn't really watch him play all season, you weren't going to be that impressed. You'd be like, oh, what is going on here? Right. Um, so hopefully, you know, with these two guys, we could really have a great – because I would hate to see, like, Schmidt go somewhere else and all of a sudden the guy's putting up, like, 40 wins and, you know. And that was our right. homegrown guy, you know. Yeah, we got a goalie up. that we got who we like, but he kind of holds us in the pocketbook now. And then he's, I guess, hurt. You know, I'd hate to see that shit because I do think that Schmidt could be. You just don't know because as we did see in the playoffs last year, we also saw the reverse side where he either had a really good game and stole the game or was getting shelled for five or seven. You're so, right. You know. Now, um, just ask you guys one more question, um, and I think we'll wrap it up. Who do you think starts game one? I'm going to say Vanacek. I don't know why. I think Vanacek, too. What do you think, Dan? I would prefer that we start with Schmidt. I mean, I feel like mm. you give him a, a shot at being the man. Why wouldn't you not Why would you not give him the first game? Um, and it, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, I think you're going to have these meetings pre, preseason and and these guys are going to know that they're, you know, fighting for who's number one on this team. And uh, so it doesn't really matter in the end who's going to get the first. But um, my opinion is if, if I'm trying to say that this guy needs a chance to show himself number one, there's no better place to start than the opening game. That's true. One more thing. I just want to touch on this. I just want you guys' ideas. Uh, so the uh, NHL is doing something. I don't know if you guys saw this, what they're doing for opening night. It's a little crazy. Okay. So the 23-24 season opens on Tuesday, October 10th, with a triple header on ESPN. That includes two landmark moments for the NHL. The fun starts at 5.30 p.m. with the new-look Nashville Predators. Now, they're saying new-look. Are they getting new uniforms? Or are they not going to look like fucking minions out there on the ice anymore? Oh, there's going to be new uniforms this year. Is that what they're doing? They're getting new uniforms? I don't don't know. It may be. It says, New look Nashville Predators visiting the Tampa Bay Lightning. The second game will feature number one pick Connor Bedard's first game with the Chicago Blackhawks as they travel to play Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Then comes the celebration as the Golden Knights hoist their first Stanley Cup against the Kraken. Then we have 16 games 32 teams playing every 15 minutes a new game starts. The night starts with the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Capitals at 6, followed by the Ducks and the Blue Jackets at 6.30. After puck drop in Columbus, a new game will start every 15 minutes until 9.15 p.m., and then there are three additional games after that. Now, is this the NHL going for their own red zone thing? Because that's the only way to keep up with this shit, you know? So. (laughs) <laughs> the Maple Leafs and the Caps play at 6. The Ducks and the Blue Jackets start at 6.30. Then we have Sabres, Senators, 6.45. Canes, Lightning, 7. Devils, Canadians, 7.15. Stars, Penguins, 7.30. And it goes on like that every 15 minutes. Why, and then why you stagger get the, for 15 or Am I supposed I to be know. changing the That's channel? That's my question. Is that the idea? Because it sounds like crazy, and then you realize, well, wait a second. Sometimes they have like 10 games, 12 games, 15 games on <laughs> at 7.30. They're all on at the same time. Like, big right. fucking deal. What's, so why stagger? I was right about the NHL. I don't know <laughs> about our how we're, our uh, leaders in the NHL don't know what they're doing, basically. Who said that? It, no? it just, and then Dana White, the, the guy from, I don't, I, what is he from? The, Dana White's from UFC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That the NHL, uh, when they come okay. up with these ideas, they're like so ancient in their times. Well, they really are. I mean, they are so behind the friggin' now that with the thing with the the theme nights because of the the, the flat the the lashing the uh, blowback that they get from the Pride Night jerseys for these few jerk offs that just ruined it for everybody. I was so happy that Connor McDavid brought that up at the uh, award show where he basically did he? Oh, I didn't catch that. What yeah. did he say? 
he basically said that, you know, it's bullshit and we wear our pride tape, you know, for every warm up on our sticks that we will continue to do it. And it's a shame, basically, that there are a few vocal people, dissidents, that ruined this whole thing for everybody. And the NHL then opted to just say, well, because Pride Night is getting so much blowback, we're just going to end theme night jerseys all, of a all around. Night, done. So you can all do your nights, but there's not going to be any theme jerseys worn during warm-ups. So it was just you know their way of copping out instead of fucking actually taking this problem head on and yeah. dealing with it well, by saying a, such a mark of weakness, right? I mean, yes, seriously, it, you couldn't look any more weak, NHL. Yeah, and that's that's what they do. They're just a bunch of capitulating douchebags. And then we have the 2024 Winter Classic on July January 1st. We'll feature the Knights and the Kraken uh, in Seattle. That should be fun. Definitely. Um, they have that game on New Year's Day all to themselves. And then the NHL Stadium Series comes to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey on February 17th and 18th, featuring games between regional rivals. The Flyers face the Devils <coughs> at 8 o'clock on Saturday the 17th. And the Rangers host the Islanders at 3 p.m. on Sunday, February 18th. So then we have, uh, there's games on Thanksgiving uh, this year. Nice. 15 games. I love um, games on Thanksgiving. It kind of sucks for players, but before. it's great. No, I'm sorry. It's it's all, well, these are all after. These are the day after Thanksgiving. All right. So there's That's 15 so games on Friday. Um, and then we have the Global Series. 38 regular season games played outside North America. 32 have been played in Europe, and 12 have been played in Stockholm. Now, Tradition Devils have continues. none? Or, or? Uh, I don't think so. No, it looks like uh, the Global Series in Stockholm um, is the Red Wings in the Wild, the Senators, and Maple Leafs. And the Red Wings, we have Red, Red Wings will play the Senators, uh, Maple Leafs. Oh, the Red Wings will play the Senators and the Maple Leafs. Um, and the Wild will At play the, same the Senators time? and the Maple Leafs. Uh, wow, they're going to have a lot of guys out there. That's right. Too many And men. then they have their, their can't-miss games. They have, uh, let's see if we're in any of these. So far, I'm going through them. We are not in any of these must-see games. Nope. All the must-see games. Tell me what's Chicago, Edmonton. Okay, it's Connor versus Connor. Vegas, Florida, so it's a rematch of the cup final. Calgary, Edmonton, unless you live in Alberta, nobody gives a shit. Oh, yeah. and here's another one. So they have October 29th. This is a must-see game the NHL Network put out, right? Calgary at Edmonton. And then January 20th, another must-see game. Edmonton at Calgary. Is and then February 24th. On any of that? It, no. And then they have, they have actually all four games of Edmonton-Calgary listed. They have Pittsburgh-Washington, and that's it. You know, those like, are the must-see games. As much as I feel like there is wrong with the NBA and the, the NFL and Major League Baseball, there's a lot wrong with them. But do, do sometimes do you think, like, I'm just going to say, and it's, it sucks because I actually do love them as a people, but do you think the NHL suffers from being Canadian? Like, just just being run by Canadians and just... You ever think, like, sometimes the Canadian business sense is, like, so second-rate in general? Like... You know what I mean? Like they're just—they yeah. don't really compete with. I marketing. never thought about it. But I mean, you're right. Like, there's never really been a real successful Canadian franchise in the U.S. To my knowledge, well, you got Tim Hortons, which you can find some of them around <laughs> south of the border, but basically that's it. Uh, American shit, garbage food, whatever. All our businesses—they go all over the world. Like we're good at marketing and moving that shit around, and Canada is not that good at that. I mean, they much be—they're much better at being a nicer, more educated people. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking all Canadians, but like you're marketing a league here, you know. And sometimes I feel like the NHL is is so like uh, behind and backwards, like you were saying, and and just like amateur hour, you know, just these guys who are, might be nice guys, but they're just trying to think of uh, how to run a league, and they just they don't know, you know. I don't know. I mean, so it just sometimes seems so bush league and. A part of it, to me, that they missed the boat on affects us here as Devils fans. Like you mentioned, how do you not show some interest in this team that has gotten so good so fast in the last couple of years, continues to get even better, oh, and where's the marketing yeah. from the NHL? You know, the There's Devils so are marketing, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. We'll you see. guys saw the I think Devils what you're trying. 
the Devils have 16 back-to-back games this year. They're the more okay. back-to-back games than anybody. You got Washington with 15 next, Minnesota with 15, and Ottawa with 16. But the Devils have the most back-to-back games coming up this year. How do you feel about that? A plus or a I don't minus? I like that actually. I like to watch. It's, I mean, I love when it's on. They're cool, but, I mean, but it's like sometimes it's too much, right? It's like look at what happened to us in the playoffs. We had the least amount of days off, which I mean, blame us, whatever. But I mean, you know, I, I do think you know. Well, with Dan's yeah. last statement, we all know who he wants to blame. <laughs> they're not really you, they're not even a real country, country anyway and you know who's yeah, we didn't mention was uh, we didn't mention gary batman right I what mean, about him this guy <laughs> He was always he's booed. He was getting life. he was getting booed at the fucking draft, and he goes, "Come on, you could do better than that." And they all started booing him more. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I kind of like that. Bettman leaned into it a little bit. You know, Bettman gets a lot of shit, but you he know, Bettman did. Yeah, but he's done a good job as far as getting. You know, you look at what he did with Vegas and just getting a team out there. And, and by the way, Gary Bettman team. is the counterpoint to my argument about Canadians because that I, fucking guy's American. Now, do you think that, to talk about Vegas, do you think Vegas will be ready for the season, or do you think they're still getting lap dances? Because I think they're still getting lap dances. They've got to be cashing dances. in, right? I mean, he's got I to... think they're all cashing in. I <laughs> bet you they have some chafed laps. Some That's all I got to say. Some gene burns, as you learn in high school, <laughs> <and> dry humping. <laughs> That's it. All right, boys, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. I still haven't eaten dinner yet, so I'm going to go eat my dinner. And uh, I just, uh, anything that you guys want to touch on? Let's go Devils. Excited yeah. for October. It's going to be a long – now it's going to be a, a drag, I think, waiting for uh, – I got a feeling most well, of the excitement is going to be – you know. We still have Saturday. We'll be on yeah. Saturday night, and, and we'll talk about the first day of free agency and see who's going where. We might not be picking up anybody. We might be picking some people up, but we we're definitely going to be having some guys that were on this team and some guys that we might really like that are going to be going to some other teams. So we can definitely talk about that. Check us out wherever you guys get podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. Give us five-star reviews. Here's something. Tell your friends about us, please. Um, you know, trying to get this community of Devil fans together uh, where we can all kind of just talk about this team and how much we love New Jersey and we hate the Rangers. That's a lot of fun. So drop us a line, unclepuckers at gmail.com. We want to start getting our fan feedback portion of the show going a little bit so we really are looking for questions comments concerns anything that you guys have drop us a line we'll read it we're going to try and take uh as this thing builds and we get a little bit more known and we get more listeners we're going to try and get at least one day a week where we will just have uh the fan feedback and we'll read all your comments on the show we'll talk about it and um that's about it so you know bobby will be back next week we will definitely be here Saturday night, and we'll fill you in with everything that goes on with this team and just with free agency in general. For Tony and Dan, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers, and we'll see you when we see you. Puck is out. Will Smith. He's getting jiggy with it. I'm gonna smack nobody next year. He, you know, my wife's name. Got it's over, Johnny. That's right. He's in the mouth. Ha, 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 ha.